everybody. We're live and we're back with another episode of the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanaway, and uh, we're coming coming in today with the last podcast of the year. So, uh, we're just going to start off as usual. We're going to do the herb of the week, and then we'll, we'll get on with the show. <clears throat> like I said previously on my last episode, I believe, I do have a sponsor in the work. And we're doing a little uh, bartering or exchanging of things. And when his end of the deal shows up, then I will do my end of the deal. And we will get that on the road for you guys, which I'm really fucking pumped about. Uh, This guy is a really fucking cool guy. And we met over Instagram due to kind of same ideology. And he got a hold of me, and we started hitting it off right away, and I'm pumped about it. And the coolest thing about it was that he didn't actually even want me to start promoting his uh, business until his end of the deal was in my hands, or or to me, right? Like, I actually received it, which I find to be really fucking rad, as that's a, that's a stand of honor. And I, myself... I'm a man of honor and a man of integrity. And so when I see that in other men throughout this world, I, I fucking dig it big time. So that's something to look forward to. I also am going to figure out how to put music somehow in Vanessa. She's the, the tech guru around here. So I can barely even fucking turn the computer on, but she knows how to do this shit. She's the one who edits it. She's the one who listens to it and, Figures it all out and does that for me, which I'm forever grateful for. And you guys should be too, because without her, there is no Compassionate Viking podcast whatsoever. I'm still a Windows 95 guy, right? I got that AOL Instant Messenger, and I can download some songs, maybe like one every three days on Kazaa or BearShare or LimeWire or whatever it is I used to use. So, yeah, music is something to look forward to as well. Today... The herb is wormwood. And the reason why I picked wormwood is because most people have heard about it in a certain form, but they haven't heard it in like a medicinal way. So wormwood is actually Artemisia absinthium, which is the Latin word. And if any of you guys have ever heard of absinthe before, it is what makes absinthe. Now, absinthe is an alcoholic drink, and it is known for its hallucinogenic effects. However, I've only drank it twice, but I never got any hallucinogenic effects. I got really sick and puked all over. It tastes like fucking mouthwash. It was terrible. And that is the only time I have ever personally ingested wormwood until I found out the medicinal purposes for it. Um, I actually have a buddy who owns a farm in Snohomish, Washington, and I went to his farm to talk plants with him last summer, and when we were walking through one of his crop rows, he had this bush that was, like, kind of in the middle of the row, and when I was walking by, it, you know, rubbed up on me, and when it rubbed up on me, I didn't think anything of it until maybe two or three steps later, and I'm like, damn, bro, what the fuck is that smell, and he's like, what do you mean, and I go, it smells so good. And he's like, like what? And I go, I don't know. I've never smelled the smell before, but whatever it is, it smells so good to me. And he's like, um, is it the fucking hemp? 
is it the cannabis? Is it this? Is it that? And I'm like, no, I know what all those smells are. And it was early in the summer, so it's not, they're not even budding. And I'm like, huh. And he goes, did you rub up into that plant or that bush? And I go, yeah. He goes, that's what it is. I go, what is it? It's fucking delicious. He goes, wormwood. And I go, dude, I have to get some of this. So I went home and I purchased some and I have some growing and Every single time that I was outside around my plants, I would go and pinch off a little tiny leaf and I'd roll it up and like get the essential oils to break down out of it. And then I'd smell it. (laughs) It smells so good to me. And I have other plants too. Like, um, Vanessa had me make her like a little, um, I don't know, like a herb, herb, herb garden bed in front of the kitchen so that she can just walk outside and pick her herbs. And I think in there is a bunch of different mints. She has like apple mint, pineapple mint, um, chocolate mint, regular mint, spearmint. We have bee balm. We have lemon balm. I think there's rosemary, chamomile. There's sage. There's hyssop. There's two calendula flowers and an echinacea. And Not all of those smell, but all of the mint and the sage do smell. And so I would always go and, you know, smell the lemon balm and the mint and the sage. And I think lemon balm, sage, and wormwood are my three favorite smells that I've came across so far. I also have learned about the medicinal properties of it, or the value of it, rather. And beings that... It is a. It can be used as a parasitic or like anti-parasitic. I started thinking, okay, all the people that have been sick and been getting sick in the last two years, and what was like the remedies for the sickness according to the mainstream? Well, it was hydroxychloroquine and um, ivermectin. Well, ivermectin is it's a it's a anti-parasite for for horses. And it got me thinking, like, every single medicine that we see in the stores or at the at the vet or whatever, if it's came from a pharmacy or a lab, it was derived from like some type of natural plant or or substance or or something of Mother Nature. And so what I've been trying to do is all of the things because I didn't grow up this way. I grew up just like normal American shit, you know, fruit by the foot, gushers, TV shows, cartoons in the morning, super Nintendo, um, whatever, Oreos, frosted flakes and cinnamon toast crunch, pop tarts. Like my parents didn't know as I'm sure your guys' parents didn't know because they, they didn't have the ability to learn then. But my point with all of this is that I've been trying to see all of the things that I've used as I've grown up that didn't come from Mother Nature, but has been given to me either via a pharmacy or the grocery store or a vitamin shop or, or, or something of like that. So I came across ivermectin and I was like, well, that's supposed to be working. And wormwood is an anti-parasitic, so maybe we should try that. 
Now, I can't say for sure because I haven't gotten sick and I haven't had to use it. But I believe that we all have parasites that live within us and I don't think that they should necessarily always be there. So <clears throat> I have, I ordered a tincture of wormwood and clove. I think it's wormwood and black clove. And I, ha I have taken that sometimes. So I don't know if I've done it long enough because I always fucking forget. I think you're supposed to do it for like 30 days straight. And I've done it for like two weeks and then I stopped. But <clears throat> as it's winter and I know a ton of people are sick right now, um, we should think about other ways other than NyQuil and Theraflu and all that shit at the store that is literally just made to, to make you more sick. And it's owned by like all of those, all of that shit that people are buying at the fucking grocery store is made by the same people who are telling you to get, you know, follow protocols and, and, and follow the new fucking agenda of the world. So maybe we should get back to our roots and start thinking we can heal each other and help each other. And we can use plants to do that because I don't know what fucking I'm not religious. So, and I don't know how we got here. If God made us great. If we are some fucking alien race or a hybrid species from the Anunnaki or whatever. Okay. If we're half fucking reptilian, half hybrid from hyperborea and, and have been more hybrid shit. I don't know. I don't know any of that, but I do know that on this planet, the things that live here that are natural are our greatest gift and they want to help us and we want to help them. And together through that, we will create a symbiotic relationship, which is the way that it's supposed to be. So we're going to get started here. Let me get the book. It is called Wormwood, Latin word, Artemis. How the fuck do you say this? Artemisia or Artemisia? I think it's Artemisia absinthium. I don't know, guys. I, I'm not. I don't speak Latin. Wormwood is a powerful medicinal plant. It is relative of mugwort. This plant has a strong color and a bitter taste. It is the primary ingredient in absinthe liquor and is the responsible part for its hallucinogenic effects. It is in the aster daisy family. It grows wild in meadows and along roadsides in full sun throughout much of Europe and North America. Um, it says, Wormwood is used fresh and dried. The leaves, stems, and flowers are all medicinally, medicinally active. I use the dried leaves and flowers to make tinctures, tea, decoctions, and infused oils. The wormwood plant contains... I don't know how to spell or say that word. Thuone or something. Which is toxic at doses higher than 35 milligrams. Like people use in making absinthe, it increases... Oh, it increases in concentration. It says that it helps with malaria, Lyme disease, um, it kills parasites, it fights breast cancer, it's been known to heal Crohn's disease, IRS, stomach issues, and acid reflux. It has antimicrobial and antifungal properties. 
It reduced it, it reduces the intestinal flora. Huh. Interesting. It's interesting because all of the herbs that I've read so far, every single one of them, I think, says it's an antimicrobial and an antifungal. Which, it's like, really? You can just go around just eating shit that you see on the side of the road pretty much and it's helping us even though we're told that it's weeds and bad and we should spray Monsanto Roundup on it and get rid of it and then that way we just kill everything. All the bugs, all the fucking, all the soil microbes, all all the, the weeds that are actually not weeds. I mean, they're, they are, I, I shouldn't say that. They are weeds, but they're, they're medicine. They're herbs. So, I don't know. Even like dandelions. I grew up and was told that dandelions were poisonous. And the milk on the inside of the stem, if you ever got that on your mouth, you could get really, really ill. And then I grow up and find out how healthy dandelions are and that the dandelion milk is actually really medicinal and the flowers of the dandelion when they're yellow can be dried and like made tinctures and, and teas and herbs. And now that people are making like dandelion soups and dandelion wine... And it's like, what the fuck, man? I should have been eating all those dandelions when I was a kid. You guys told me that I would die from it. And then I find out that it's a lot better than that goddamn Pop-Tart you were making me eat. Or those fucking cookies. Or cake. Or whatever else. Foster Farm microwave fucking corn dogs. Or Hot Pockets. What other shit was in there? Remember those, remember those TV dinners that you get in like the blue box with the penguin on it? And it would have like the... You'd put in the microwave for like five minutes. You'd poke holes in the plastic fucking salafame that they put over the plastic tray. And then you'd pull it out. And then you'd have like a brownie in the top right corner with like maybe a... Fuck. What, they give you like a little tattoo or sticker or something next to your corn. When you eat your corn, your corn would fucking go in your brownie. But your brownie was never actually hard. It was almost like pudding brownie. Like what the fuck is that? I've, I never... Never one time have fed that to my children. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Uh, I'm not, I don't mean to rag on you, but it wasn't your fault. You didn't know. But now, like now looking at that, it's like, what the hell? So hope you all like the herb of the week. It's wormwood. Um, it smells absolutely delicious. You guys, if nothing else, the smell alone, I'll fucking plant it. So um yeah we'll start the start the new year off with another herb and we'll we'll continue the fucking ride guys with that being said happy new year and let's get on with the show hey guys What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on with me. It's getting to be the end of the year. And at the end of the year, some of the things that I like to do is try and relax as much as possible because it can be very stressful. And also reflect. I love to reflect on the year and kind of diagnose it. And one of the things that I've recently been thinking about was this job that I had that I've been working on that I've now finished up that was the most challenging job 
I've I've ever done. Now, back in June, I believe, might have been May, I don't know, early late spring, early summer, I was asked by my boss to, uh, or not to, I was asked if I would be interested in getting a new weld certification. And I said, yes, I would, even though I don't know what, it, I didn't even know what it was. And so, because I'm in the union, I can go down to the union hall and take my tests and then I get them for free. So I go down to the hall, I take my tests and I go down there with like five other guys. And when we get down there, I realize that it's going to be a weld. So it's TIG welding. So for you guys who don't know what welding is, welding is when you're like, you're bonding two pieces of metal together via a weld and a weld is essentially just glue but it's hot metal so you take two pieces of metal and you weld it together and now it's one piece of metal or it's still two pieces of metal but it's connected so there's stick welding where you use like uh, a stick electrode on the end of on the end of a like a torch or a, a clamp you have a MIG welder, which is like a, it looks like a gun and it has a trigger and you pull the trigger and wire comes out the end. And you have TIG welding, which is where you have a torch that has an electrode sticking out the end that just makes a lightning bolt. You have a, a foot pedal that controls the, the lightning bolt, just like a gas pedal in your car. And then with your other hand, you will be holding a piece of rod. So when you're welding, you have, like, I'm right-handed. So I have my torch in my right hand. I have the foot pedal on my right foot, just like my gas pedal in a car. And then I have the, the, my rod in my left hand. And so what I do is I have to use my torch that shoots the lightning bolt out. I heat up the metal that I'm trying to connect until it's molten, meaning it's liquid. And then I will like dab a piece of the rod in my left hand until it fills up. And then I move my torch a little bit, melt it, dab, melt, dab, melt, dab, melt, dab. And that's, that's TIG welding. So what I have to do is I have to get a piece of 16 gauge or it might've been 10 gauge. I don't know. 16 gauge is a 16th of an inch. 10 gauge is just about an eighth of an inch thick. So I have two pieces of stainless steel. We'll, I, we'll just say it was 10 gauge, eighth inch thick. It's above me. So over my head, I have to look up and I have like a holder that's going to hold it together. And then I have to weld it with rod going away from me with no support on my elbows or anything. It's all freehand. What I have to do is I have to purge weld it, meaning I'm going to weld on the, on the side that we're seeing, but on the, on the top side, it needs to be fully welded all the way through, meaning full penetration. Well, for most of you guys who have never welded before, that probably doesn't, might as well speak fucking Chinese to you. But for those who have, it's fucking difficult, okay? So I'm doing it and I'm doing it and I'm doing it. And like every time I go to check my piece when I'm done, it will be pretty good, but there'll be like, maybe a quarter inch or maybe even a half inch 
certain places that didn't get full penetration all the way through. You can still see the seam. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like, I don't know if I can do it. I've tried like five or six times and I can't do it. Now I'm there with five other dudes who are my homies from work. And some of them are having a hard time and others are fucking, they've already passed the test. They're not even practicing. They're already in the car and gone. And I was like one of the last people to be able to take the test And all I could think was, I'm going to be the last one here and I'm going to be the only person who didn't fucking pass it. And then I'm going to show up to work tomorrow and everyone is going to have passed it, but no one's going to know with me. So they're all going to say, hey, Ty, how'd you do? And I'm going to go, I failed. And they're going to be like, what the fuck? And I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't know, dude. I tried. I guess I'm just, I'm just not good enough. And I'm, that's the thoughts going on in my head while I'm there. And I'm like, dude, these thoughts are bad thoughts. This is not how we win. Like, I can fucking do it. I'm very good at this. I'm fully capable of doing this. Like, I've pretty much done it. I just missed like a quarter inch or a half inch. Like, I can fucking do it. So I start, like, giving giving myself a pep talk. Giving myself a mantra. Like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. But then, as I'm still practicing... I'm not feeling confident enough. It's like, sure, I'm giving myself the mantra and I'm I'm giving myself the pep talk, but my conscious or subconscious, whatever one it is, they're not receiving the message. They're still thinking that we're going to fail. And I remembered something that happened like in my first ayahuasca experience was the belief. Like everything comes from belief. We're all given a cup and that cup is has a hole in the bottom of it and the goal of life is to fill that cup up but most people throughout their entire life think that they are going to fill it up by pouring into the top without ever realizing that there's a hole in the bottom so no matter how much they're pulling from outside to fill that cup up within them it's leaking out and sure some things can fill it up for longer than others Some things can fill it up faster than others, but at the end of the day, it's always leaking out. So my thought was, it's the the way that you fill the cup up is you have to fill the cup up from the bottom so that it fills up and can't leak out until you can overflow it. And once you can overflow it, you can start giving it to other people or plants or animals or whatever, other things. You, You have enough to give. But until you filled your cup up, you don't have enough to give. So you need to focus on how you're going to fill that motherfucker up. And if you're constantly reaching for outside to fill that cup up, you'll never, ever fill the fucking thing. So what is it? How do you do it? How do you fill it up from the bottom? And I realized that it was belief. Belief is how you fill it up from the bottom. Because belief is what starts everything. Everything. In order for something to happen in this reality, you have to believe it. If you don't believe it, it will never happen. No champion ever won the championship by not believing in themselves. And it wasn't a fucking mantra and it wasn't a pep talk. It was real, real, solid belief in their in their own human spirit. That's what wins championships. That's what wins wars. That's what wins everything. That's, that is what success is, in my opinion. And so <clears throat> when I was at my, when I was at my welding test, that, all went through my mind and I was like, dude, like I do believe that I can fucking do it. Sure. I'm having a little bit of a hard time, but 
I do believe that I can do it and I'm going to do it. I am not going to show up to work tomorrow. The only person who didn't pass it, I'm going to fucking pass it too. And so I did and I passed it and it went just fine. And I showed up in the work and guess what? Just like the other guys, I fucking passed it too. And it, and it's weird because it literally comes back down to that fucking belief. And because of that, I was asked to do a very, very, very high end job. And that high-end job that I just accomplished, and I'm fun, it's done, I've finished it now, was the most difficult job that I personally have ever done. And I just finished it a few days, or like a week ago, and then I went right back to the shop and started working on some other shit. But over the weekend, I had some time to really just kind of hang out with the family and observe and think and reflect about some things. And although the job was so fucking stressful and so high end and so monotonous, I feel like I learned and grew so much in such a short period of time that I can't be anything but grateful and thankful for the opportunity to have ever done that. Because most people didn't want to do it. And and to be honest, I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. I didn't even want to have any fucking part of it. But due to the circumstances, they came to me and they asked, and I said yes. And because of that, I reaped a reward. And that reward is I have gotten exponentially better at welding in such a short period of time that it's almost not believable to me. And it was because I believed in myself. And, and what happens is if you believe in yourself, other people will start to believe in you. And they did. And they saw that and they came to me and they asked me and I accomplished it and I fucking got an attaboy and off we went and they made money and I made money and the fucking customers are happy and that's what it's all about. But a lot, a lot of it comes down to uh, comfort is that I didn't want to do it because I just, I it was uncomfortable. It was fucking hard. I didn't know how it was going to go. It's way nicer to just be at my shop with the fucking bench and the music and a coffee and I can put a fucking chew in and just sit down and fabricate and weld shit. That's my jam. I want to listen to fucking metal. I want to put a chew in. I want some coffee and I want to make shit. And when now I got to go to somewhere else, I got inspectors, I got people over my shoulder, like micromanaging me, and then they're going to inspect every fucking weld that I have. It's like, bro, I'm not into that. I don't do well with that. But because I did it, I reaped rewards from that, that other people didn't get. And so I guess the point is, is like, no matter what it is in life, if you get presented with an opportunity that you only want to say no because it makes you uncomfortable, say yes. I mean, unless it's like, you know, going to put you or your family at jeopardy or something like that, then obviously no. But as long as there's like no one at harm, say yes. What I'm learning now is that that that's where more growth comes from is taking opportunities and not being the master at it and being the rookie at it and saying, you know, I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm all ears. I keep my mouth shut. I show up to work every day. I ask fucking questions. I don't assume shit and I do my best. And if that doesn't cut it, well, 
I don't know what else to do, but at least I tried. At least I know that I failed because I, I'm literally not good enough at it compared to I failed because I'm too much of a bitch to get out of my comfort zone. So I just think that that was pretty cool. I, I think it was pretty cool for me. I learned a bunch of shit. I, I got better. I, yeah, it, it was really good. However, the inspectors were kind of fucking, it was kind of, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, I don't know. It felt like there was pressure because typically there's not an inspector who's going to inspect all your welds. But these guys, they literally, they, like, how do I describe this? I made something very large, okay? It was 450 feet long. There was a bunch of seams to weld. There was 95 seams or something like that to weld. And each weld was 107 inches. So however many fucking footballs, football fields that is of weld, they literally went over it with a fucking microscope up to their eyeball. And they would measure anything. They'd spray this like red shit on it for a uh, like a penetrative testing. They'd spray this red shit on it, and then they'd spray this other stuff on it, and it would, like, pull red through any holes or pores or cracks or impurities in in my welds. And if any red came out and bled more than ten thousandth of an inch, ten thousandths of an inch, you guys. I don't know if you know how big that is, but it's, like, take a ballpoint pen, make one dot, and then, like, cut it into a quarter. That's how big it is, okay? Anything larger than that, has to be fixed and so over that many um that long of welds of course there's going to be issues but the good thing is about it is like every issue at first it pissed me off because it's like dude i don't want to go like who fucking cares about this it's fine but then at the end of the day that's what the specs say and that's what the customer wanted so i agreed to it And I fixed it and I fixed it and I fixed it. And at the end, I started noticing where, like, I knew what they were going to want me to fix. I started realizing what was happening to cause it. I started learning exactly how to fix it and how to make it not happen at all. And it's only through that process of having these motherfuckers with their microscopes looking at every goddamn square inch of my welds that I would ever get there. So, yeah. That's my little, my little, uh, rant about work. And right now we're, we're, we're doing good. We're busy and, uh, we'll just keep it on, keep it on through the new year. Um, my goal with work is I, I love my job. I like where I work. It's good. Um, but I have a few, I really want to, I really want to do my own thing. I just don't know how to make enough money to sustain my my family with it. So I can't ever just jump ship right away. The goal is is to slowly build the farm and the forge and the podcast and a nursery and make like maybe a little Vanessa has like an apothecary or something. And between all of those, we can make like a little business out of it. But I also understand that in life, things take time. And you can't just, just because you have thoughts and dreams and instill, and you want to do them 
and you're fucking gung-ho about it that in a week or two or a month or six months or a year that it's all going to, that it's all going to fucking work out. Like I, I get that. And I have a hard time with other people who don't get that because I think that that's a huge part of society's problem is that they don't understand that things take time and things take work and you have to have patience and you have to understand that everything is a journey and a process. And within that process is where you are learning and observing and analyzing and breaking things down. And that's where like the growth happens. One of the things that really, really showed me that was jujitsu was when I showed up to jujitsu, I just was getting beat up all the time. And I just wanted to not get beat up. I just wanted, I wanted to do the one who was beaten up. And so I, I would think like, well, if I just show up every day, then in a little bit, I'll, I'll start beating people up. And that's not really what happened. Like even you can show up, you could be there all day, every single day from, for six months and you will get exponentially better. You will be far fucking better than you were the first day that you walked in there. However, you are not going to be better than the dudes who were kicking your ass six months ago. Maybe the dudes who you were kind of like it was more like even and they get the better of you. But the dudes that were laying an ass whooping on you, you might never catch them ever because they've been training longer than you. And it takes a long, long time. Um, guitar is another thing like you don't just pick up a fucking guitar or or any musical instrument for that matter. Maybe the maybe the what the recorder or something. But even then, even the recorder, you're not going to just pick it up and be a master at it. Work, same thing. You know, some of the kids at work they don't they don't want to be a material handler. They don't want to they don't want to be an apprentice. They want to be a journeyman. And it's like, okay, do you want to be the journeyman because you want the wages or do you want to be the journeyman because you want the work or both? And they're like, both. I said, okay, well, here's the deal. The reason why you get the wages that you do is because of the work that you do. Are you capable of doing the work of a journeyman? And they're like, well, no. (laughs) And it's like, okay. Well, you're not capable yet. That's why you have to do an apprenticeship. The whole point of the apprenticeship is to get you to the point where you are capable as a journeyman. So then you can do those jobs and you will be paid the wages for it. You understand that? Oh, I know, but drilling holes sucks. Deburring parts suck. Yeah, I get it. But as a journeyman, you st- I still drill holes all the time. I fucking drilled... So many goddamn holes in my life, it's ridiculous. Because not only do I still drill holes, I drilled holes all growing up too, from 18 years old all the way to fucking till now. So the thing is, is it's the process. If I didn't drill holes, if I didn't deeper parts, if I didn't bend parts, if I didn't weld parts, if I didn't cut parts on the on the saw, if I didn't you know, do all of these things and have fucked up a billion goddamn times, then I wouldn't be as good as I am today. Because the reason why I am as good as I am today is because of how many times I've done all this and how many times I fucked up and learning where I fucked up and why I fucked up and fixing all my fuck ups. So really 
pretty much to be a journeyman is you have to be able to fix your fuck up as if there was never one. And then you can be a journeyman. Can you do that? And it's like that that's the thing about life, whether it's my work, jujitsu, fucking like a relationship. I mean, how many people do you know who jump into a relationship and it's like they want to be have married for 10 years already and they just met last week? It's like, bro, <laughs> chill the fuck out, man. It's all good. Just just be present. Live your life. Know that this whole thing is an experience and a journey. And, and I don't know. Same with plants. I think a lot of people don't fucking plant plants because it takes too long. It's like, yeah, dude, if you just planted a seed and then it grew, then there wouldn't be like this joy about it. Like one of the, one of the biggest joys is it does fucking take forever. And you do go out there and look at your goddamn seed every day and there's nothing and there's nothing and there's nothing. And you're pretty sure it's not even going to grow. And then you go out one day and there's this tiny little sprout and you're like, yes, yeah, motherfucker it's growing. It's growing. And then you go out the next day and the next day and the next day. And then one day it has a leaf and then it has another leaf. And then it keeps growing and like the whole process. And then you realize after three months, this thing's growing tomatoes or whatever it is. And you're like, dude, this is so rad. And then you pick it and you fucking eat it. And it tastes better than any food you've ever bought at the store. And you're like, man, I'm into this. And it was free and it was cool. And I have like a a relationship with my plant. Me and my plants are homies. So moral of the story, shit takes time, man. And you have to understand that. You have to understand that things don't just happen. And as far as work, I understand that things don't happen. Another part is that I'm very concerned with the future. What the future holds. You know? Um, how long am I going to be able to work? How long is the union going to be a thing? How long are we even going to be able to, you know, maybe my... There's just so many fucking things, you guys. My brain spins a million miles an hour. It could be a a conglomerate of different things. It could be we get locked back down. It could be uh, like it was before where it's like forced vaccinations. It could be where the supply chain's fucked and we just can't get any metal. Like at a metal shop, if you can't get any metal, there's not really much to work. Um the the power grid they're always talking about it's too full it's gonna fucking break or whatever it is well i mean my shop uses a lot of power all of our welders are 220 welders we have 480 high you know um, press brakes we have big big machinery that uses a lot of electricity so if the power goes down well that ain't gonna work or let's say none of that happens and just the prices keep going up they want to keep making our uh energy costs keep going up what happens where like we just can't fucking afford it anymore or the other people can't afford it anymore so they're not even like our customers so they're not able to to put in orders which means that we don't have any work and if we don't have any work then there's no way to pay me so there's just all these things and what and what brings it up too is like the in in the past two years i had been laid off two times And the first time it was, I didn't know what to do. Like, do I wait it out? Do I find another job? Like, I don't know if they make me do a, if they make me wear a mask and they make me vaccinate, then I I won't work there. That's a hill I'm willing to die on. And 
The problem is, is that, okay, I get fired from here. Then where the fuck am I going to go? Cause every other business is doing the same fucking thing. So I have literally no way. And then I was concerned that maybe it was going to be the banks and the grocery store. And I was like, fuck, we're just going to have to live like real Vikings guys. We're going to get some land and we're going to get some animals and whatever, dude, we're just going to fucking <laughs> do the best that we can. I don't know what to do. I don't want to follow these fucking orders. I'm not a bad person. I just don't want to take the fucking jab and I don't want to wear your stupid fucking yarmulke that fell off your head and landed on your face, you faggot. So we're not doing it. And uh, now it's all good for now. For now. I never got forced to vaccinate. Um, The mask thing kind of got squashed when the shop guys all band together and was like, yeah, we're not wearing that thing. Um, And it's fine for now. But in the back of my mind, I feel like something that weighs heavy on me is that I'm still relying on another man to essentially save me, to take care of me, to provide for me. And although he's not doing the actual physical labor of all that, he's the one gifting me the money to do that. And at any given moment, if I was to not be gifted that then I'm shit out of luck again. And I, that feeling twice now just didn't fucking sit well with me at all. And it really lit a fire under my ass. And I was like, dude, I am not okay with the fact that if somebody else says whatever they want, I have to follow the rules. Meaning, Hey man, we're at, we, we don't have any work for you, Ty. I love you, but and, and no hard feelings and we'll hire you right away as soon as we get work, but we don't have work. See, it's not even like a, it's not even like a, it's not his fault. It's not my boss's fault. Or, um, now I live in my own home, but prior to that, <clears throat> when I was living in like townhouses and duplexes, I always felt like the, the landlord could, I was at the mercy of him. Essentially, he was in charge of my shelter. And every 30 days, I had to give him X amount of money to stay there for another fucking 30 days. And it was always like $2,000 or something like that. And then he can just one day be like, yeah, I'm selling the home. Or we're having new tenants. Or um, rent's going to go up. You know, you were paying $1,200. Now you're going to pay $1,800. And it's like, dude... when this shit happens to me, I, I literally can't fucking deal with it. I cannot deal with having other people dictate my like stability and ability to provide for myself and my family. So I think that, uh, especially in this year, 2022, I have highly evaluated that. And it started before that, obviously, but This year was a year of just, I need to figure out how to be as self-sufficient as possible. And that was the fucking goal, and we're doing it. Um, We just had Christmas, and Christmas is an interesting time of year, every year. Um, My family always gets together, and I have a crazy family. And this year... Two of my family members did not come, which makes me incredibly sad, but they, they're living a fucking life that is no good. You guys, it's no good. 
Um, they're my cousins. One's a girl, one's a boy. The boy is two, no, four years older than me, and the girl is like three months younger than me. We all grew up together. We were like best friends growing up. And drugs, man, drugs. And I can't, I'm no one to talk, right? If you guys have listened to my first podcast about my life story, hey, I'm no one to fucking talk. I'm no saint either. However, as an adult, you got to figure your fucking shit out. You got to figure it out, man. And especially when there's kids involved. You know, I have nieces and nephews and their parents are fucking running and gunning and it just makes me sick. And one of them was in jail recently and she got out and she came over to my house to make Lefsa. And for those that don't know, Lefsa is Norwegian dessert. I'm Norwegian and we make Lefsa every year. So on Lefsa day, she was here fresh out of jail. I think she got out that morning or the night before. And I think it might have been a little hard for her because we haven't seen her really in the last five years. We know that she's been addicted to drugs and all this different stuff. But I did, I'm like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I gave her an opportunity. I said, look, I know what that life's all about. I've been there. I've done it, I've gotten better from it, and I've been clean from it, and look at my life now. It's been, well, I'm 34, and that was when I was 19. So it's been fucking 15 years. And I want to help her. And I said to her, I took her out into the woods, I said, hey, let's go on a walk, I want to talk with you. So I took her out into the woods, in the back of the property, and we hung out. We talked a little bit and I had asked her what, what dreams and goals do you have? Like, what do you want? You know, what do you want in life? The thing is with this life, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can literally obtain any fucking thing that you want. All you have to do is want it. Think about it. Focus on it. Put your intentions on it and it will manifest. That is how this reality works. If you don't believe me, try it. Try it. It's literally how I got every single fucking thing I've ever had is because of energy. What you focus your energy on, you attract. And if you're focusing your energy on drugs and bad shit and negativity and low vibrations, guess what? You will attract bad shit, negative energy, low vibration, drugs, And fuckers who screw you over. If you do the opposite. Life will be a lot better. I know this because I did both. I've done both. I've also realized that it's more than just that. Okay. There has to be action as well. I said I will give you the opportunity. To stay here at my house. Help me with the animals. Help learn. Uh plants and nursery help learn medicinal things such as tinctures and salves and decoctions and teas we will read books and learn forgotten knowledge and lost ways on how to preserve things how to can things how to dry things how to smoke things how to build things how to preserve things 
all of this. And then once we obtain enough knowledge, then we can start to applying that knowledge and maybe it will turn into something one day because that's, that's in my opinion, that's, that's how it works. And she wasn't, she didn't really want to. And I knew she didn't say no then, but I knew. Because if you want to actually better your life and you are in an addiction, you have to change your person, places, and things. I know they say that in AA meetings all the time, and it's probably cliche, but it's true. It's only a matter of fucking time before you relapse if you go back to your persons, places, and things. It's like you can't just have, you know, if I'm going to quit coffee, and then every fucking day, the first thing I do when I get up is I go to the coffee shop. I hang out with people who are always drinking coffee. I hang out with the coffee makers. I hang out with the coffee dealers. And there's fresh cups of coffee every day, literally with my name written on it for whenever I want it. How long do you think that I'm going to last before I fucking drink some coffee? Probably not very long, right? Now, if you put me into a place where there is no coffee, people typically don't drink coffee. I don't smell coffee and coffee isn't around and you can't even purchase it anywhere. Well, guess what? You think I'll last a little longer? Yes. And the thing is with addiction is it's the worst at the very beginning. And then it gets a little bit better and a better and better until you're not thinking about it all the time. So I, I think the reason why I bring this up is because addiction is a big fucking problem where I live. It's a big problem in Seattle. It's a big problem in fucking San Francisco. It's a big problem in our fucking country. And no one is doing anything about it. And it pisses me off because, because of two things. No one wants to say anything because they don't want to hurt their fucking feelings. When it's like, no, no. What hurts the feelings is when you're not taking care of your fucking babies. And you're not being a good Samaritan. And you're not being a good active participant of society. And you're not being a fucking good wife or daughter or sister or cousin or family member. That's what hurts feelings. Not saying, hey, you have a problem and we need to fix it. And I'm here to help. And I need you to fucking help too. Because it's a process. It's not just we're going to stop. It's like a... a it's it's so much more than we're just going to stop. You have to change your person's places and things. And you also have to find new passions. Because when I was having a hard time. And when I was younger. My thing was that I was so fucking sad about whatever it was. My dad or growing up or what. My, my stepmom. My brothers. I don't fucking know. All of it. Whatever all the trauma that I obtained that was eating me alive from the inside out. My thing was anything that made me not sober, anything, I would take it because it would make me not feel the way I felt before. And if I could do anything to make me feel different, even if it was worse than the way that I felt, that was good for me. And so a huge thing for me was when I got out, when I was supposed to, like, it's one thing when you're in a rehab facility because you're in like a, an institution and although you're not imprisoned in there, you can leave at any time. You're still like in a bubble. 
It's when you leave the fucking bubble back into reality where you can just go wherever you want and do whatever you want and talk to whoever you want and purchase whatever you want, that that's where the real fucking problem is. And once you get back out there, it goes back into the person's places and things of like the coffee shop where if I don't figure out a new focus, a new energy and a passion to work towards, it's only a matter of time because of boredom and because my my the wiring of my brain and like thought patterns so it's like not only do you need to change the people you hang out with change the places you go and change the places the things that you do you need to find like new i don't new things that make you tick and when you're a drug addict they don't make you tick the only thing that makes you tick is doing more drugs and i see this i see this all the fucking time because my two cousins, they, I know, I know that they have passions. I know they have hobbies. I know they have dreams. Everyone does. How the fuck can you not have passions, dreams, or hobbies? That's, that's, I don't even believe that, but they don't, but they do. They just don't believe. I guess it goes into the belief back to the cup. They don't believe in themselves that they can actually obtain it. And that's where it's like, this is my message. And if any of you guys that I'm talking to are struggling with addiction and it's either been public or no one knows about it and is and, and you're the only one, I want you to listen to this for a second, okay? One of the things that I noticed that ended up becoming my way of helping myself was when I sat down and thought about my dreams and goals, Okay. I always wanted a home. I always wanted kids. I always wanted a wife. I always wanted a car. I wanted to be able to go on vacations. I wanted to be able to experience things and adventure and go on journeys and laugh and play with all like my kids or my friends or whatever. I wanted all of that. I just didn't know how to obtain it. I had no idea. It didn't make sense. Every job I ever had to make like fucking 10 bucks an hour. You work 40 hours and you get like, I don't know, $320 at the end of the week. It's like, oh, cool. That's three bags of groceries at the store. That's, that's not going to work. But I realized that it's like a snowball. It's like it, it, you got to start it off super small. And I guess this kind of goes into what we were talking about earlier about things take time. You don't just go from a, 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 drug addict to having a home and a good job and a family and kids and fucking all that. It doesn't work that way. This has been a a journey. It's been years over a decade. It starts off as a snowball. And what it is, is that you have to want that life more than you want the drugs, no matter how bad it is. I remember a time where I literally was going to relapse. I didn't know what to do. And I went and I ran inside my house And I didn't, I did not know what to do. I was going to fucking do it. And I just jumped on my bed and I put my face into my pillow and I grabbed my pillow as hard as I can. And I just yelled and screamed and bite the pillow and fucking cried for like five minutes until I just wasted all my energy. I fell asleep. I woke back up a few few hours later and I was like, whoa, I was fucking intense. I'm so fucking happy I didn't do that. And I realized that was a way. 
even though that might seem retarded to you guys, that was a way and it worked. And that was really the only time I could ever remember doing that. But in that particular moment, it was like anything to get me to not fucking relapse anything. And so that's it. And then I would focus back on my, my intention of, I think at that time I wanted a car. I didn't have a vehicle or something. And then I got a job and my job was bending parts for a company called H squared, where we made mounts for Apple computers out of acrylic. And my job was to literally fold boxes, like make boxes to ship in and to make screw kits. I put two long screws, two wood screws and two wall anchors into a little Ziploc bag. I'd make 50,000 of them. I made like 10 bucks. And it was so boring. And all I could think is I have to figure out how to make more money and I have to figure out how to be more challenged throughout the day or I'm going to do drugs. And so I would stay like at lunchtime or after work and I would pick up plastic chunks off the ground, broken pieces of shit. And I'd put them on the heaters and I'd practice like bending them up. And then one day my boss comes out and he goes, what are you doing? And I go, I really want to learn how to bend these parts. So I just been finding little pieces of plastic and shit and clamping them and learning. He's like, dude, if you're going to bend parts, why don't you fucking bend actual parts? And I was like, I didn't know that you would want me to, or that I was allowed to. He goes, dude, if you're going to bend parts, might as well bend fucking real parts and sell them. And so I did. And then I started bending parts and I got a little bit more money and I and I started doing this and, and obviously it took time and I met some new friends that weren't doing those drugs. Um, and I just started slowly shifting a lifestyle, shifting a lifestyle from my old life to this new life. And I started seeking out people who had the things or were trying to obtain the things that I personally wanted. And then I would either fake it till I made it or ask them questions, or fucking follow suit, or watch and observe, and then try and replicate or imitate, like whatever I could do to get myself on this path of success. And slowly but surely, I started learning that the feeling of success would give me fulfillment like the drugs would, except that they weren't temporary. They didn't go away. They didn't, like when I woke up in the morning, it wasn't back to fucking bottom and now I got to get there again. It was like, no, I woke up and I, I still have those things. And that right there was the fucking, like the, the point in time where I started realizing I can get these feelings that I used to have in a positive way rather than a negative way. And it wasn't until then that I realized that. But once I realize you can get the feeling of how you feel when you're high while being sober, you do it through acts of achievement and success and accomplishment. That is the way that you do it. And it feels so fucking good, you guys. It it feels so good to know that when I put my fucking head down on my pillow tonight and I close my eyes for rest, I wake up in the morning all the shit that I've accomplished and achieved and all my skill sets and everything that I've ever fucking put effort into in or put effort into is, is still there. 
ready to be built upon like layers of scaffolding. Like now there's my foundation is so good that like you you could never rip these skills away from me, whether it's my welding skills or my fucking jujitsu skills or my, uh, my social skills or my ability to fucking whatever it is. Right. Those are mine and they can never be taken and they're priceless. And the only way that you obtain that is through hard work and effort and massive commitment and self-discipline. And you reap the reward that every drug addict is searching for that doesn't know how to obtain. That's the answer. However, you also have to realize why you're running. That's the thing. You have to understand why you're running away and you have to fix that shit because it was a long process. Like, it wasn't just like all of a sudden better. I fucking, I drank. I smoked weed. I just wasn't doing heroin and coke and all that shit. But I still drank and smoked weed. And then it was better than it was, but it still wasn't better. Because if you listen to mine and Vanessa's podcast, you'll hear like even when we were together, I was still drinking and smoking weed and playing video games and not doing what I was supposed to be doing. Sure, I wasn't a drug addict. I wasn't a heroin addict, nor was I like an alcoholic. But I still was lacking. And what I realize now is that because I lived in a townhome, I never had anything to do is how I felt. Like I would come home. There is nothing to take care of. If the house is clean, like to me, the only thing to do is either watch TV or play video games until the next day. So that's what I did. And I was wrong then. Because then I taught myself how to forge. And I don't know if you guys know that story. I'll get into that in the new year. But I taught myself how to forge. So I started forging, which is blacksmithing. And that started taking up my time. I actually even got my own shop in Stanwood with another very, very highly reputable uh, blacksmith named Jacob Faram at Faram Forge. Shout out, buddy. Um, And he taught me how to forge hammers and hand tools and we got a shop together and that was good that was good I I really really enjoyed that however I still I don't know I was still missing something I didn't know what it was though I was still missing something so at that point the video games have got had gotten way less because I started forging all the time but then when I got into jujitsu is when I won jujitsu is what catapulted my life. You guys seriously, like I, when I started jujitsu, it, it changed everything for me. It changed my mindset. It changed my physical health. It changed my attitude. It changed like my behavior. It changed my, my ego and my humility and my pride. It fucking, it just catapulted every aspect of my life. From friends, family, Vanessa, the kids, um, work even. Like all these things of being being affected in a positive way because of jujitsu. And now that I've kind of have all of these things in play, I hardly ever fucking drink alcohol, you guys. Seriously. I have like I had a few beers over Christmas break. But that's it. I mean, I have a 
I have a fifth of Crown Royal that's here from last Christmas. I I don't drink it. I, I just, I don't know. And part of it is because I have to go to jujitsu and I have shit to do. And if any of you guys have ever tried to fight drunk, well, you probably didn't do as good as you thought you were going to do. It always seems like a great idea. Hey, let's have a few beers. But when you're actually doing it, no, no. Alcohol and jujitsu does not go good. Wow, that was a that was a fucking long ass rant. So, um, through that series of things, dealing with your trauma, finding new persons, places, and things, finding new passions, slowly working towards your goals, finding people, whether that's real people, podcast people, people on the internet, fucking make believe people, aliens, whatever it is you want to do, start searching out the things and people that have what you want and start following what they did. There is no shame in that. There is no shame. If some guy walked to the top of Mount Everest, is it shameful for you to be like, follow him or do you need to go make your own path and die? I don't find shame in that. I think that that's how we evolve faster is, is learning from the people before you. So, <clears throat> passion. That's something that we're lacking too. I was uh I was listening to the Endless Endeavor podcast with Greg Anderson and he was on a little rant about passion. Men need passion. Men need passion for their career, men need passion for their hobbies, men need passion for their family, men need passion for their love life. If you do not have passion in any of those, you are lacking. And he said something that I felt hit home very hard. He said something in there that he has a few times in his life dealt with no passion in the household. And if there's no passion in the household, that man is dying. And I 100% agree with that. So, men... You need to find passion at home. You need to, if like, as he was talking on the podcast and I was driving home listening to it, I was adoring Vanessa so much, you guys. I was literally just like lusting over her in my mind, how beautiful she is, how awesome she is, how much chemistry we have, how much how proud I am of her for how much she's grown and how hard she's tried and healed on her own. And not even just that, her own things, like her ability to fucking take care of all these animals and her ability to homeschool these kids and her ability to fucking learn how to preserve things and plant things and her her wants of wanting to be self-sufficient with me and grow with me and... All these things. And I, and as I was thinking about her, I was just like, man, I fucking cherish and adore my wife more than any goddamn human on the planet. I would, there isn't something that I wouldn't do to help save or protect that woman. All men should feel this way about their wife. If you don't feel this way about your wife, then there is a problem and we need to fix it. And this is coming from me where... There has been many fucking problems that need fixing. So there's no shame in that either. 
Like, no one's fucking perfect. No relationship's perfect. No work's perfect. No fucking nothing's perfect. However, there's problems all the time. And as a man, we should try and fix them. That's our job. So, if you have no passion at home, bring it up. Communicate. Like, are you guys... Are you guys willing to sit down and even talk love or sex or compassion or anything like that with your significant other? Because sometimes I feel like people think that love and sex is so taboo that that they don't even fucking talk about it. And it's like, dude, you're doing yourself a disservice by doing that. You're, You're ripping out one of God's greatest gifts from you and you're throwing it in the garbage for what? For why? It's not... It's not like weird, dude. Every animal on earth fucks. Uh, so why is it weird? I mean, maybe not all, all of them fuck for pleasure. And I guess if you're a Christian, then I, I don't know what to tell you. But I'm not a Christian, and I believe that as long as I am having sex with my wife, who I have vowed to be with for the rest of my entire life, that we should be able to experience as much pleasure as we want whether we're making children or not, because how are you guys going to be doing when there's 10,000 standaways around, you know, (laughs) just kidding. I got a vasectomy, which I wish I didn't because I do wish that I could make more children, especially with what I see out in the world right now. Maybe we could use some more standaways, but I did get a vasectomy and I can't make children anymore. And to be honest, on one hand, it's like, well, that's awesome because Obviously, I can fuck forever and not make children. But I also feel like I ripped something from myself that was given to me. And I I can't. I shouldn't say I can't get it back. I can. It's just expensive. And I really don't want to go through that process. And my children are 11, 10, and 8. And to go back to diapers and formula and shit, it's just like, oh, my God, no. So, we're just going to go with with what happened, and uh, it is what it is. Um, So, a recap of this year. I have learned a tremendous amount of homesteading stuff. I learned, obviously, how to build the hygge culture. We learned how to preserve. We learned how, like, we got indoor grow lights we grew things indoors and moved them outdoors we have greenhouses we bought thousands upon thousands of different types of seeds and herbs or seeds for herbs and food and flowers and all of that shit i taught myself how to grow my own mushrooms i did my first plant medicine ceremony i started my first podcast i have the best relationship with my wife that I have ever had in the entire time we've ever been together. I got a new welding certification and I made more money this year than I've ever made in my entire life. So the recap on 2022 is fucking crushed it guys. And I want you guys to crush it too. I love seeing people succeed. I love it. When I see my friends fucking succeed or people, I don't even have to know you and you're crushing it. It's like, fuck yes, dude. I am rooting you on 100%. I love that shit. I don't want to see anybody fail. I'm so sick of watching people stomp down people and 
and try and rip people down and hurt them and fucking, oh, well, must be nice or uh, whatever the fuck people say. Jealousy, envious, like all these things. I'm tired of that, okay? I'm 2023 is going to be a year of love and abundance and passion and drive and commitment and effort and fucking harmony. That's what's going to be happening with me. Now, uh, with the world, I have a feeling that it's going to be quite a bit different. I think the world of 2023 is going to be an absolute chaotic shit show. And I don't say that to fear monger. I say that because I genuinely think that. And when you go back throughout the year of 2022 it was a lot of behind the scenes shit but the stuff that directly affected us wasn't too bad we've pretty much had like a lull or a halftime or something in this great reset fourth industrial revolution build back better whatever the fuck you want to call it we had a little bit of war with russia and ukraine we had you know fucking 80 billion dollars or something left to the fucking Taliban and all of our equipment. We have a fucking president who lives in a two by four, rides a snail to work and shits his pants. We got, um, fucking faggot ass dude, fat dude who thinks he's a chick who's our health minister. We got bald head cancer guy who's fucking a dude who wants to be a girl also who's like, I don't even know what the fuck he is. I I don't even know you guys. I see the TV and I just think actors. I don't trust any of them. I don't believe any of them or anything other than actors, to be honest. Um, I see... However, with that being said, these actors are fucking puppets for masters who go up higher than them. And those ones, however, uh, I do listen to them because what they fucking say actually impacts my direct life and it directly impacts your life as well. So if you go on to the World Economic Forum, and you go, I believe it's under the fourth industrial revolution, maybe under transhumanism or something like that, you will get to what's called Agenda 2030. And in Agenda 2030, it is a fucking dystopian nightmare that they plan for the future. I've gone over it a few times in some of my episodes. We will always continue to go over it because, well, until it goes away, it needs to be addressed. But Klaus Schwab who is the founder of the World Economic Forum, recently came out publicly and stated that we are going to be fast-tracking Agenda 2030 to Agenda 28. Now, we are about to be going into January of 2023. Well, 2023 is only five years away from 2028. So when I read their future of Agenda 2030... And realize that they want that to happen in five years. I think man guys you have a fuck ton of work to get done in five years. So what does that mean? Well in my opinion that means that sometime soon. We are going to get an iron boot on our neck for the next however fucking long. Till they get their agenda set in. I seen uh, in October. Well let me backtrack a little bit. I don't know if you guys have ever 
heard or know about this, but there is simulations done worldwide by the uh, Roundtable, which are all of those organizations that I've talked about a million times. Club Rome, Trilateral Commission, Council on Foreign Relations, United Nations, World Economic Forum, Knights Templar, Bilderberg, those, those guys, okay? They do simulations, a lot of them with John Hopkins University and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And they do simulations on things of real-life scenarios on how the world would react in certain events. Now, before the, the pandemic or the coronavirus problem that we got, they the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation did an event called 201, or did a simulation called Event 201, simulating a pandemic. And then a few months later, we have a real pandemic. They've done this many, many, many motherfucking times, you guys. Event 201 is not the first one. They've been doing these simulations. You just have to look them up. So every time they do a simulation, you should have all your bells and whistles going off with red flags going, bro, you need to fucking check this out. Because they do the real thing, like, down the road. Could be in a few months. It could be a few years. All I'm saying is pay attention to the simulations that they do because it's only a matter of time before they do a real fucking or like a real live version of the simulation they did. So in October of this year, I believe maybe it wasn't. I think it was. If not, whatever is a few months ago. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with John Hopkins University did another simulation. And do you know what the simulation was called? Well, let me tell you. It was called Catastrophic Contagion. Hmm. That's an interesting name. Okay. Catastrophic Contagion. And when I look up Catastrophic Contagion, they talk about how this is a pandemic with a virus that's going to target like babies and young Children and the, the, or young adults, young people, okay? Babies to young people, whatever that age is, maybe zero to 25. Um, with a very high, uh, mortality rate or immortality rate. No, more mortality rate, whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't know. One of those, whatever the death rate is, very, very high death rate for those ones. Okay. I also know that uh, all 5G gets turned on at the end of this year. Verizon was going to be the last one. And yesterday when I was driving to fucking Lowe's, I was going down State Street in Marysville, and I seen like four towers that just randomly got put up recently. So I don't know what that... I don't know what that consists of or what that looks like, but I know that that's something that needs to be uh, addressed as well. Um... I see that the children are dying at a fucking unreal rate. Um, all of like the, the, the hospitals are full. The morgues are fucking full. I have a buddy who's an electrician who was down in Seattle Children's Hospital a few weeks ago. He sent me a message saying that semi-refrigerated semi-treks are showing up to the hospital to take the children because there's no more fucking room at the funeral homes. So let that sink in. Our babies are being fucking killed, you guys. Our babies are being fucking killed in the name of health 
in safety and climate change. Do you understand that? Our babies are being killed under the disguise of health and safety and climate change. You don't believe me? Go to the fucking, go to the funeral home. Go ask the morticians. Go ask the fucking embalmers. Go ask the people who are dealing with dead people and they'll fucking tell you, I have never seen this in my entire life. I've done this for 35 years. I never seen this. I never seen blood clots being pulled out of fucking human bodies like this before. We've never not been able to fucking use our pumps to embalm people because all their arteries and veins are fucking clogged up from whatever spike protein and nanoparticles. You got you got people's behaviors changing. You got um I mean there's just so much fucking shit going on. You you can go to VAERS. Here's something for you. You can go to VAERS. That's a V-A-E-R-S. Okay? It stands for Vaccine Adverse Event Reaction System, I think. What that is is a private court designed specifically for, for vaccine injuries. Okay? Does that not does that not sound weird to anyone? A court specifically for vaccine injuries. You want to know why? Because pharmaceutical companies are exempt from ever being sued in the case of an adverse event. That's by law. So when our fucking babies and our loved ones are perfectly fine and then we can go and jab them up with whatever bullshit they're trying to give us and then you notice that there's a problem, guess what? You go to the doctor and they're like, oh, I don't know. Oh, you're dehydrated. Oh, it's like, hey, I got a shot yesterday right here in my fucking arm. That's why my arm hurts. And they're like, no, your arm doesn't hurt because of that. Did you fall down or something? It's like, no, motherfucker. My arm hurts because you put a shot in my fucking arm yesterday. What do you not understand? Are you stupid or something? That's how the doctors play, right? So once we realize that they're playing stupid and they're harming us and you can't do anything about it because they're exempt because they're all on the same fucking team. You have to go to VAERS. Now, Harvard did a study. I don't know when, I think 2010 or 2018 or something. I don't know. That's eight years different. So sorry guys. A while ago that, um, only like 1%, only 1% of all, um, adverse events ever even get reported to VAERS. So when you go on VAERS and you just see it's page after page after page after page after page after page after page, year after year after year after year of people having adverse events from vaccines, that's only 1%. So I don't know, guys. I have a feeling that uh, 2023 is not looking good for us. My prediction is they're going to lock us back down and they're going to put an iron boot on our neck and they aren't going to fucking lift up until they get what they want. And we, on the other hand, are going to say, fuck you. I will die for freedom because I will never die for slavery. So what are you guys going to do in 2023? If we get locked back down, what are you going to do? Are you going to comply? Are you going to put that fucking yarmulke back on your face that fell off your head? Because that's what I see, a bunch of fucking face diapers, uh, which is literally done in MK Ultra Project. 
back in the 1960s to disassociate human behavior and to alienate us and to to cause massive like psychological warfare upon us also um because the human is so fucking good at adapting that when we would wear the mask remember people used to bitch about getting a headache or not being able to breathe or whatever it was but then then they got used to it they built a tolerance because humans are very very good at adapting however just because you built a tolerance doesn't mean that you're not being harmed if you go and look at the studies shown that even 5 to 10% reduction in oxygen through your breath over a period of time will create issues within the brain leading to like a 100% chance of Alzheimer's in 10 to 15 years. Yep, you heard that right. 5 to 10% reduction of oxygen within the brain over a period of time will 100% give you Alzheimer's or dementia in 10 to 15 years. So when they tell you to fucking put your face mask on, you should do an oxygen test to see if you're getting 100% oxygen. Because if it's down to 95 or 90, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Where in 10 years, you may not remember. So, with that being said, guys, um, stay hard, stay strong, keep fucking, keep learning. That would be my biggest thing of 2022. Keep learning. I have tried to learn as much as I can possibly fucking learn and put in this little skull of mine in the last year, and I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue to go to jujitsu and fucking train. Like Tim Kennedy says, train to be the hardest person someone ever tries to kill because you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming. And at the end of the day, if all I ever said was just a bunch of bullshit and conspiracy theories that never fucking came true, well, guess what? You learned a fuck ton of shit. You have a massive amount of skills. You know how to be as self-sufficient as possible. And you are incredibly fucking fit and healthy, making you a stud or a sexy independent woman. All right. So that's my that's my thoughts on 2022. Train hard. Eat good. Learn a lot. Fuck a lot. Love a lot. Smile. Laugh. Give hugs. High fives. Fuck yes. Later, guys. You can find me on Instagram at Tyler Stanway. See you next year.